live in a world that has walls. And those walls have to be guarded by people with HBO Max subscriptions. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Information? I have a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. You weep for the Apple and you curse the minions. You have that luxury. You, you have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That my appreciation of Tom Cruise's performance, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you want to hate watch, but you know it's not a hate watch. That is so beautiful. <gasps> Kimchi is staring at me. <laughs> Mom, why are you screaming? <laughs> That was as beautiful as the writing that Sorkin put into this. I cannot wait to talk about this. I am Missy Information, yeah. here as always with Alice. We are completing our summer cruise into the Tom Triangle with, as I said... Triangle sadness for you, mostly. It has mostly been a triangle of sadness, indeed. But we are going to tackle the Aaron Sorkin scripted Rob Reiner directed, starring every single person in Hollywood, A Few Good Men. There are more than a few good men in this. There are a lot of great actors that are in here. Some some jump scare actors and, as I texted Alice earlier as a tease, one actor who my father went to high school with growing up. This is quite a swerve and a serve. I am not going to make you hold on any longer, Alice. I loved this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, good, good. I'm so, I'm so glad. Do you know what is going to be shocking to you as well? I liked Tom Cruise in this movie. Uh, see, I I knew this one was going to get into. I mean, I mean, I mean, um, our last guest said it as well, but you, yeah. I'm going to also tell you what else. I like Jack Nicholson in this movie. I like Demi Moore in this yeah, movie. He's good. I like Kevin Bacon in this Incredible. movie. I like Kiefer Sutherland in this movie. I like Kevin Pollock in this Kevin movie. Pollock. I like JT Walsh in this movie. I like J.A. Preston in this movie. I like Noah Wiley in this movie. I like Jump Scare Cuba Gooding Jr. returning again in this movie. And I also yeah. love Christopher Guest doing his barely veiled southern accent that he will pull out again for best in show because of course rob reiner had to sneak in his buddy they worked together on this is spinal tap and the princess bride and he brought him in here for the serious adaptation but i gotta tell you it still worked i loved christopher guest in this movie i loved just uh, this movie blew me away with mm -hmm. the fact that knowing this is sorkin's First thing he wrote. Well, it, it was the first. It was the first play of his that got big, got traction. That's you're, you're right. That is good clarification. It is the first play of his that was a major. You know, the first mm -hmm. thing that on the scene that he would get. You know, it's your first. Most of the time, yeah, when you get a published play, it tends to be good enough to make it up there. But not everyone's first published play is the one that they're known for. So to jump out of the gate with this, and what uh, do what I must have assumed was a multiple Oscar nominated movie. Yes. Um I was I was happy. I was very happy to pull back into uh the port of calling and say yes, this was absolutely not a hate watch. Good. I'm so glad. It, I mean, I I really like this movie. I watching it again, uh 
I have so many thoughts. I really want to get into it, but I'm happy you like it because, like, this one, I, I did have some concerns because I think I think Tom's performance is a little over the top at times. I think it suits the character and it suits the sort of theatrical nature of the of the material. Um, watching it this time, I also I could feel like I could see the see the lines where the like act breaks were for the play. Um, oh like yes. It very, it very clearly is like, oh, I'm gonna put Jessup on the stand. That's that's the end of Act One, and then Act Two is the trial. Um, yeah, no, it was. I I had a great watch. I love I love this movie. Yeah, uh, I I think the thing that I enjoy about this is the same aspect that I like about detective slash investigative things. Where for this one, it's interesting because we see the people perpetrate the crime. So it's it's like Columbo in that way, where we see yep. it happen. But now we're just getting to what's going to happen at the trial and are they going to which which i find interesting is i don't think i knew beforehand that they were defending the two um soldiers that were involved in the hazing that killed um santiago santiago yes i uh, that part was interesting so i'm like so they're trying to basically get these guys off of murder charges which was mm -hmm. not what i was expecting and i knew you know you can't live without knowing you can't handle the truth. And of I knew course, that yeah. was the climax of this. Mm -hmm. But even knowing that, uh, unlike some of the other films where I've heard a lot going into it, that still hit. Like, that yeah. works. Especially with the speech that you modified for our opening that mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that part of it. Oh, no, it was no, a no, really, no one that. Yeah, exactly. It was a really, really interesting... Uh, an interesting finish to the arc of this show. Yeah, yeah. But Alice, I, I want you to be able to jump in and discuss it because you saw you have the story of this uh, bringing you to the table. Yeah. What did you like about this when you first saw it? When did you first see it? Sure. And what parts do, what parts speak to you most about it? Okay, so I saw this on VHS again when I was a kid. We rented it from like the local video store. Um, I don't think we had a blockbuster at that point yet. Um, I remember really liking it and and really liking, you know, You Can't Handle the Truth and the bit at the end, especially, the, you know, Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise going back and forth. I remember the scene in the rain where where he goes and says he's going to put Jess up on the stand. I remember that very clearly because then in the in the trial before that, when it was raining, I was like, oh, shit, it's coming up. I remember this. Um, I didn't really understand the plot or why, you know, why Nicholson was a bad guy at the time, but I was like eight, I think. Um, I watched it again. This movie was on cable a lot when I, when I was a kid, and so I watched I watched it again full through on USA, like when I was in high school, and I actually understood the like plot of it of like you know, um, oh they they ordered him to do they ordered them to do this thing, so that's why they're not guilty and stuff, and um, and yeah, um, I I I love this movie. I think I think it is I think it's just it's just it it's such a tightly good wound package. Right, it like builds, it builds, and then it and then it just kind of explodes in a way that's really, I think, really like cathartic. And then and then yeah, and then it's over. It doesn't I'd say it's welcome. It's just it's just like it's just like perfect in terms of like knowing when to knowing when to lean in and knowing when to not. That well, okay, I did I, I didn't really understand why they went to dinner, but that felt like a studio note maybe. Absolutely, I loved this script because there's nothing superfluous in it. It is all. Like, I didn't even register the dinner scene as being something weird. I just accepted that it was just part of the building of the romance and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it was a movie that made me pay attention because I knew more and more was going to be revealed. Like, no scene is not going to leave us mm -hmm. with a stone unturned. You were going to yeah. find something. Now, knowing that it leads you here and there and 
and the building of Tom Cruise's character and Demi Moore's relationship and how they're going to, you know, it, it basically, I, I didn't realize it was also this odd couple pairing of like a legal team together. Like, I, frankly, I didn't know Demi Moore was on the legal team. I just assumed, oh, a woman, and she must be a love interest, and it's just tangentially related. Mm-hmm. So no, I... She's, she's the linchpin of the movie, yeah. Oh, I was so excited when I realized, oh, shit, Demi Moore is like the smart one. She's the mm-hmm. one that has the control on this, yeah. and it's Tom Cruise that needs to learn the lesson. Like, yeah. you know, I know this is in the middle of the thing, but when Tom Cruise just turns, he's like, so this is what the inside of a courtroom looks like. It really drove home, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, like just how inexperienced and and the bravado that he has within mm-hmm. it. But, yes, um, I, do you want to take us – through the the plot of the film and we sure. can comment on there because just having it, I, the one thing that i knew as i was watching it though i wasn't able to take a lot of notes and i'm like i'm gonna forget where the order of these things come from and all these mm-hmm. moments but the overall i have in my head obviously the overall story and just the big the big parts in here it, it, it i mean you can't walk away from it and not remember those things yeah okay so the movie opens with 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 the crime, as you said, like a like a Matlock episode or like a Columbo episode. Um, the then we see Demi Moore going into her um, commander's office, saying, "Hey, this this case that's coming up, they're gonna try it down in Guantanamo, but I got a weird smell from this case." Um, and and she's rightly pointing out, like you know, it, it's it's an it's an instance of like hazing gone too far. And, and, and she thinks there's something more to it. And she's like, and so she, she wants, she wants to do it, but she's, I, I don't, I don't agree with this opinion, but she's too over eager. She wants it too much, right? She's too over eager to, um, to do it. And so part of it is like, part of the, um, I read, I read this on, I think the Wikipedia or something like they said that Demi Moore's character was trying, was trying to be taught that you have to rein in your instincts sometimes. And Tom Cruise's character is being taught that you have to let your instincts go. I don't know what that says about like men and women, but it's very much the thing of like like it's like yes, we will bring them up, but you are not going to be the one trying them. Um, and then they and then they stick them. Then they um, then we get introduced to Tom Cruise's character. Um, he's playing softball. He's playing basketball. He doesn't he doesn't give a shit. Um, I will say. Um, Okay, so so this script is littered with Sorkinisms, like like things that Sorkin does over and over again. And sports, you gotta have sports in well, this well, yes. for some so, reason. Well, yes, but 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 um, the scene where after they after they've met, I think it's like the second or third scene of them together, where she lists off like you went to Harvard, you did this, now you're serving this, now you're in the JAG for three years, like like that sort of like long like rattle like long monologue of all of his past accomplishments. That happens all the time in Sorkin shows. Um, there is definitely one in Studio 60. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if you recognize it. Um, and then well, the other part is him being kind of flip about it. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, that that is that is very just extremely um, um Sorkin. And I, I always just love those 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 um those monologues anyway when they show up in movies, especially when women do them. I just I yeah. I I think knowing what I know of Sorkin the personality again have uh, I guess we shouldn't didn't say that at the top I have not seen a Sorkin work at all this yes. is my first one I'm gl- this is a good one to start with he thinks that the sexiest thing someone can do is be good at their job oh yeah and if you're good at your job enough you're gonna pull like yes. he gets Demi Moore the person who is his better to fall in love with him because he basically stops being shit at his job and ends up caring. And yeah. that's like enough. And the fact that he's Tom Cruise for them to get together. Like, I, I clocked that somewhere in the middle. I'm like, 
wow, it really is. She just turns when he just starts being good at his job. Like yeah. that, that's that's the turn on. We're, we're going to put a pin in this and come back to it at the end of the podcast because I do want to talk about this more, but I want to, I don't want to interrupt the plot. Absolutely. Um, go for it. Okay. So they meet their, they meet their clients. Um, the, the kids, they're, they're basically just ready to take a, they, like, they don't want to take a plea. Um, the other thing that we need to know is that Tom Cruise's character is an, is an expert at getting people on, on plea deals. They're getting in, getting, getting their, getting their sentences reduced. Um, 44 plea deals in like nine months or something crazy like that. Um, and so they meet, they meet them and he, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get him a plea deal. That's what I do. It's my thing. And she's like, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta, we gotta dig into this. Um, I feel like if he had billboards, it would be like plea deal, question mark, call me deal, you know? And then yes, exactly. Name. Yes, exactly. So, so Demi Moore's character uh, has this, has this Galloway. She has this feeling that it, this is a code red, which is something that was kind of like rumored about, but not, not yeah. widely understood. It was like an inside secret inside the military. Um, I don't, I'm sure that there's a, there's a real world equivalent because you know, that's just how these fucking things are. But um, so they get, they go down to uh, Guantanamo Bay where they meet with Colonel Jessup played by Jack Nicholson, who is the, who is the, the commanding officer of the base. Um, he wines and dines them. He says some really inappropriate off-color jokes. Um, he talks, he talks about how important, like he, 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 he bigs himself up in the military very up. Like, like we are important. We have to be here doing this, but also there's nothing better than getting a blowjob from you, from a, from a senior female officer. Yeah. Just obviously making crass sexual references to make her uncomfortable and to try to put her in her place. Yeah, like she's just more or less like, Ugh, what? Can you just answer my questions, please? Also, also calling, also calling the navy uniforms faggoty white was was I, I, I did enjoy that. It's like it's almost like nostalgic in a way. <laughs> oh, I lo- I loved when that was a nice slur that was thrown around by during, heteros. During, oh, the good old during days. Pride Month, we have to remember our roots. That's true. Um, but yeah, and so the scene ends where um Tom Cruise's character um, um, what is his name? Kathy, Kathy asks Jessup for the transfer order for Santiago because they the, the the story was he was going to be transferred the next day, but then these two um, privates went off the le- went off the leash and did this, and that's why they're being charged. And so he asked him for the transfer order, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I give you the transfer order." Um, this comes up later, so that's why I'm, I'm mentioning it now. Um, no, it's, it was interesting. I liked that we were clear. It was a script cueing, but the fact that that was the last thing he asked, and it made made Nicholson's character so uncomfortable. Like he had that beat where he every time he's had an answer straight away, he's never had to really think much. He's rolled it off. Mm-hmm. That's the only moment they had to stop and think. Like, oh yes, as you said, this is going to come back somehow. And I was very curious how it layered in. Yeah, and and so he is he's about to get promoted to be the chairman or the the head of the National Security Council, which is like. Like other than the Joint Chiefs is like one of the highest military roles you can have in the country. Yeah, it's, um, it's Michael Flynn's role. Like that's that's basically the the equivalent of what he would be. Yeah, um, and so and so he has a lot of power also behind him. Um, yeah, um, so they go back to they go back um, and they talk to their they talk to their um, they talk to the they talk to the two uh, suspects. They're two clients, and they say like, "Hey, we got you a plea deal. Six months, two two years. We got it down to two years. You'll only serve six months. You'll be out." And they refuse because they have bought into the military's um, code of ethics and honor. And they said like, "No, we were given an order. We did nothing wrong." And that and that's really a big theme of this of the movie is like, 
you were given an order to do something that then ended up killing someone. Are you at fault? Yes or no? Who is at fault in this situation? And, and like the movie makes some conclusion, but it also it also has some commentary about this at the end. Um, so yeah, and then so they go to court, they go to court for the for the um, um, arraignment, and Kathy. Up until this point, everyone you would just expect Kathy to be like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not like he's he's very much checked out. He doesn't care." But then, sometime between the last scene and and the, and the arraignment scene, he changes his mind, and he changes his mind because he realized that. If the government wanted to try to cover this up, getting them a getting them a lawyer who's good at plea deals will will sweep it under the rug. It was an amazing moment where he basically realized I am being set up as the rube here. There's no yeah. reason they should have like he's he basically compares himself to Demi Moore, and he's yeah. like, she's the type of person they should be having on this. Uh-huh. They picked me. Yeah. Why did they pick me? Oh no! Right. And like and like she's getting she's kind of getting played too because like she she doesn't know this guy she 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 thinks she's she's getting stuck with it and 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 so it's like it shows just like all the levels of corruption that was that was that was on board to cover this up. Um, Kevin Kevin Bacon's there also. Kevin Bacon Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock plays like their I don't I forget, I forget what his title is. He's kind of like their assistant. He's like the third person. Like the three of them are kind of like a trio. Um, yeah. I I, I like that. I, I I definitely thought that having someone like Kevin Pollock bring some levity to it. It made a lot of sense. Oh, one hundred percent. Like he basically he was there as the comic relief and just for jokes. And they basically yeah go to him. He's also the 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 gopher because they'll just be like, can you get this? Can you get that? And you're like sure. Um, but also is that, the one that's ragging on Tom all the time. Yeah, um, and also has a wife halfway through the halfway through the movie. He mentions he has a wife. One scene. Yeah, he's walking um, out the door from her. Yeah. Before they go to trial, one of the officers who who is on the base who had gone missing, Markinson, he'd gone missing and he was a former spy, so no one was going to be able to find him. He shows up in 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 Kathy and Tom Cruise's car. And confirms what they know, which is like the no, the order came from the top, but he's he's at risk of getting killed because they because the military wants him. So they they put him up in a hotel room, and he's going to testify later in the trial. And so they but they feel good, like they have their they have their witness, they have their thing, they got they they got it, they got this thing locked up. We go to trial, it going okay. They they acknowledge the the existence of like a code red. They talk about how Dawson in the past had smuggled food to someone who was uh, who was serving a punishment because he was um because he was starving and Dawson felt like that was the right thing to do and so it was it was establishing like he has a good character which which I think is interesting because that also again plays into the um plays into it the other thing the other thing to note is that the other guy Downey has he's basically like he's like I don't know if he's new or if he's fresh or what it is but he's kind of like it's like big brother, little brother, kind of the two of them. And he always, and he looks up to to Dawson, uh, like for orders and 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 understand what things mean and stuff. Oh, the running joke of someone saying something and then Kevin Pollock saying it in human terms for Tom Cruise was great. Yeah, that was a great uh, one on there. And yeah, the relationship because uh, Dawson is a lance corporal and Downey is a private first class, so there mm-hmm. definitely is that discrepancy between the two of them. And and we later. There's a scene where when he's cracking under pressure from the testimony, mm-hmm. uh, Downey just starts calling out to for help, and yeah. uh, I believe he's calling out to Dawson at that point. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he has, and 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 it's like, and 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 um, Kevin and Kevin Bacon is like, don't look at him, look at me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that was also that was also a scene that I definitely remembered in terms of like like iconic. Don't look at him. Answer the question. Yeah. Um, also, also very important. Downey has a hot aunt who is young and hot. Name's Ginny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just there. Uh, that that's how that's how Demi Moore's character gets to gets to participate in the trial is that she's representing Downey because she she is the she is the like um nosy do good who who Tom Cruise says oh yeah just go talk to the families or whatever and she talks to the families and she gets what she wants. It's like the scene from Aaron Brockovich. Yes, exactly. She is. Um, I hate to I hate to use this, but I can't think of another example. She's the Hermione Granger of this whole thing. Yeah, I, there's like that scene that flowed on Twitter the other day, uh, where it was just a scene from Aaron Brockovich, which I have never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just uh, the person's like, "Oh, you're not really like a real lawyer," and she's like, "Give me the, the give me the phone number of, of anyone on the case. Like, uh, give me a name. I'll give you the phone number." And they're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, here's the name." And she gives the number, and then all the details about him, and talks about how close she was with them. It's like mm-hmm. when I said since I saw that scene, I'm like, "Oh, that's what Demi Moore's doing." She She's getting in with the families and using that for the connections. And you're right. It it was such a coup for her to join on because also that's not what I'm sure the military was expecting. They were expecting Mm -hmm. probably for them to have such a contentious relationship that they'd never be able to work together. So they would work toward a plea just to get each other off the fucking case and just be done. Yeah, yeah. And and again, Aaron Brockovich, another example of a woman rattling off like history of someone, like 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 a like a biography of someone to intimidate someone. I fucking love that every time it comes up in a movie. Oh. I'm um, going to call a shot there. I got to put that on a not a hate watch list. I need to get some Julia Roberts on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've we got to get some Julia Roberts so in here. Long. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I, so the clip that I saw, I'm like, you know what? I think I might actually like this. So, yeah, I'm putting that on the it's, list. It, it, Aaron Brockovich fits into the same class of movie as A Few Good Men in terms of like legal legal drama and um in, having to do with like normal people and families and stuff. It's I think they're very similar, actually. But yeah. Um, Trial's going, eh, it's going okay. Markinson, in his hotel room, has a gun, pulls out his gun and shoots himself in the mouth after putting on his dress uniform and writing a letter to the, the parents of one of the two officers, one of the two privates. And yeah, and so he kills himself. And so now their witness is, their witness is dead. Their, their one witness is dead. The one thing that was like holding their case together. All is lost. Tom Cruise stumbles into the, the apartment drunk. They have a big fight. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what Kevin Pollack says, but Kevin Pollack, like, um, Tom Cruise yells a lot at Demi Moore, especially she storms off saying like, I, I thought, I thought you were better than this. And then, and then Kevin Pollack gives him the, 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 the silent Bob speech where he's like, yeah, I know you gotta, you gotta go fix this shit. Part of it is that they don't like the only way to get the verdict they think they want is to put Jessup on the stand. But Jessup's an intimidating man. He's played by Jack Nicholson. And if you accuse <laughs> Jessup of a crime, that is actually going to get you in trouble. So it's not just like you're going to lose the case. You're also going to get court-martialed and maybe go to jail. It's a, it's, it's like the stakes here are really high. It's not just, oh, the, you know, whether they, whether the two kids go to jail or not. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, and then, so, um, and then Tom Cruise runs out in the rain and he says, I'm putting Jessup on the stand. It's, it's like the Jerry Maguire running scene where he, uh, it's, I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh man, Kevin Pollock is like his Cuba Goody Jr. in this mm-hmm. film where he's like pumping him up and like the comic relief in here, despite yeah. the fact that Cuba Gooding Jr. is also in this. Yes. And this is like, yeah, the moment where it's uh, him and re- sort of realizing and making the moves that he wants to do mm-hmm. before. It's, it's not quite... Like he's running away because they haven't spiked the football yet and done the yeah. dance, but you know it's like the lead up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so 
something else that plays into this is that um um Gal um Kathy's father, Tom Cruise's character's father, was a was known for being like one of the best trial attorneys of all time. Whereas yeah. if you think about it in in comparison he's always getting plea deals because he doesn't want to go to court because he can never live up to that legacy. And so he's afraid of trying to even think about that legacy. And Daddy Kevin Pollock's kind of like, you, you, you got it. You, you, you're in, you, you can do it. Um, and, and then, yeah. So then, um, they do some more research because it's, it's going to take like a weekend before Jessup shows up. They, they, and then while they're doing the research, he has a breakthrough and he's like, I'm not going to tell you, just, just go. I'm going to do some shit. I don't, I don't understand why he has to do that, but sure. Um, he does that so that way we can reveal in the middle of the trial what it is that's happening. No, you're right. That's really the only. Yeah, that's the only reason. It's it's narratively useful for him not to tell them in that moment. Um, so they get they get Colonel Jessup to come to court. He he struts in. He does a lot of does a lot of bullshitting about like um about like why is he here? I hate Washington and all this stuff. And 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 Kathy asks him a lot of like really weird softball questions like. When you when you came here, who what did you pack? And he's like, I don't know, underwear and a change of clothes. And they say, when you when you knew you were coming here, you made some phone calls. Who did you call? And he's like, yeah, I called my friend. I said I was gonna be in town. Um, and this is all to establish that um, Santiago, who is given an order at six a.m. that he was supposed to at six a.m. the next day he was gonna get get released, get you know get taken off the bases. This thing he's been asking for forever because he's because he's he thinks he's in danger. Um, didn't pack any of his clothes and didn't ma- didn't make any phone calls and like and so there was a part in the when they were at Guantanamo they're looking at his they're looking at his barracks and they see all the clothes and it's like why is this in here and it's like no it it has relevance yeah when that reveal happened because I the questions were off and I I was questioning it too mm-hmm. uh, that blew my mind because of yeah. course like the big thing that you think is the reveal is that they get the colonel. Right. To admit everything, but that being what traps him is la- basically creating the plausible plausible deniability that will give give the jury a chance to say maybe this is what is or isn't going. But yeah, I that to me was a great reveal. Yes, um, they go back and forth a bit. Um, also, also, um, um, Kathy brought Kathy had Pollock bring in two like airmen from like Andrews Air Force Base to just sit in the back and they come in while Jessup's on the stand which is which is fun um and he's like he's like I cuz there's this all this talk about this flight that did or did not exist and 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 he's like I'm I'm going to prove it by by proving that that that, that there, there was this other flight or that like why would why would Santiago not prepare to leave if he was if he was going to leave um and yeah, and then it, it gets to a point. It, things get heated. It gets to a point where the judges, like the judges, kind of sick of his questions. It's, he's kind of just kind of spinning. Um, Kevin Bacon saying like, "Hey, I, I, we, you know, this we're done here." And so um, um, Jessup gets off, gets out of his chair, and tries to walk out. And this is this is really where Tom Cruise has to make the decision of like, do I push? Do I push him? Because it's like the 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 plan is. I am going to be able to – I have to figure out a way to get him to admit that he did this. And so he just does it kind of by being a little shit in, 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 a, really, in a really excellent way. And then, like, a lot of the stuff that happened, like, during the base visit where they were, were you know, in that lunch scene, you know he has this, this, this huge sense of self-importance. So um, – but, but also he's like, he's like, I don't know if I should do this because this is the thing that will get me 
you know, get me get me in trouble if if it goes wrong. So he looks at Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack kind of says like no, gives him a no shake, and then he looks at Demi Moore. And he's like, oh yeah, we're fucking doing it. Puts him back on the stand and basically challenges him to challenges him to um this idea of like honor and following orders and stuff and and really just like questioning his loyalty um to the military and Jessup doesn't can't doesn't have it he he gives that monologue I did at the top like because he he's he thinks how dare you I've worked my entire life to protect this country how dare you and you know um you want answers. I think I'm entitled because earlier they had said like, um, you're going to call me Colonel. I think I'm entitled to that. And then, and then the judge is like, you're going to call me judge. Cause I think I'm entitled to that. So, so Tom Cruise says, I think I'm entitled to answers. He goes, you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And then, then he gives the monologue about like how, 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 how America needs people like him who will do the dirty work, who will do the wet work, who will do the shit that no one wants to talk about implying, you know, that he, did the thing. Tom Cruise keeps badgering him. And eventually he, he just says, you know, did you order the code red? And he's like, and, and, and Jack Nicholson is just like, you're goddamn right. I did. Uh, it, that the shiver I had when that happened. And also during, uh, Jessup's like realization when and I, I can't remember what order it is, but Tom Cruise says, I move immediately that we do file a, you know, oh, it was, it was, and people, it was right after he said, he yeah. was right after he said, I do the code red. And, yeah. Yeah. And people, people are moving in court. Everything's doing. And Jessup is for the first moment, like has no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. He doesn't because realize is, he's lost. He this really truly doesn't yeah, realize. Yeah, Cause he's, this is he's a he's Navy court him. and he's in the Marines. So this is not something he does regularly. He, yeah. uh, um, 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 Cruise is citing like section 39 or whatever. And, 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 and like the the guards are coming up to take him, and he and he's just like, what what the fuck is happening? I yeah. did nothing wrong. And, I'm out of here. And just Uno reverse card says, guess what? Now you're going to be court martialed for the fact that you gave this order. And uh, th this was such an amazing one. That was an amazing tour de force of explaining uh, the film. That's an incredible job. And yeah, you wait, hit wait. There's a little more. There's a little more. But yes. Okay. Okay. So. After this, the jury still has to give a verdict for the two clients. Um, they yes, come out. Yes, they, give, yes. they give a verdict that is um, not guilty on murder, not guilty on um, on something else, but then guilty of unbecoming behavior for being an officer. And so both of them get uh, dishonorably discharged, which is established in the movie is a big thing for them. They just want to go back to their unit. They love being in the Marines, and um, and the and the kid is like, we didn't do anything wrong. We got. They said we didn't do anything wrong. Why are we getting kicked out? And the um and Dawson says, Dawson Dawson knows it's like we were supposed to stand up for Santiago, and we didn't, and so that's why. And then um, but then as they're leaving, Tom Cruise says to says to Dawson, um, you don't need to have a a patch on your arm to have honor, saying like he can he can find honor in other things other than the military. And then Dawson salutes him for the first time and actually gives him respect as an officer in the military. Um, so that, like that seems, that seems nice. And then, yeah. And then, then Kevin Bacon's like, I, I gotta go arrest a Colonel. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. And then, and then they, then they, then they admit that the two, the two airmen was just an intimidation tactic. Oh yeah. It, it, it was really, oh God, it was so satisfying. It's such yeah. a satisfying script in here. I, yeah. I have so many thoughts and I almost feel like I have to work in reverse for some of them. I, I really enjoyed that ending moment that you mentioned where it was Dawson and Downey and Downey doesn't get it because it, it was just nice to have a contrast to 
two different reactions to the verdict mm -hmm. and the fact that one of them got off but still doesn't get it and the other one got off and, and I mean they didn't really get off because they, they get dishonorably discharged but like get right. off on you know not You're being not going to jail murder. yeah yeah and as well as uh, conspiracy charges that's mm -hmm. the other thing that yes. they get um, found not guilty yep. of um, I really liked that that was again not a part of the ending I was expected or mm -hmm. expecting um, but this is oh, this is such a good thing. I've actually, and I feel like now I should I should ask you the question that I asked earlier to guess who my dad went to high school with. Oh, I was trying to figure. I was trying to do. I was trying to figure this. I was trying to do some math. Like you're like in your early thirties, I believe. Yes. No. So your dad probably had like your parents probably had you when they were like around like late twenties, early thirties. I'm guessing maybe maybe younger. Um, My dad so, was thirty years old when he had me, so you are absolutely right. so, correct. So, 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 it's someone who would so so thirty years ago. It would be or um um, thirty years ago, yeah. It would be someone who's around twenty five, thirty ish. So it, it's probably one of the military officers. Um, it was either that or one of the jurors. I think it's one of the officers. I don't know which one. Because because most of the officers are people we know because like like you said every white male character actor who who later rose to notoriety is in this movie yeah holy shit yeah um and but like this movie was such a huge hit it launched a lot of their careers too yeah it was interesting to see all of them so young now I will say uh, to give you a slight uh, indication obviously the person who is the actor is not someone who's young so it's not any one of the, uh, the oh, okay. lower rigging people it is. Uh, an officer. It's someone we spend actually a lot of time with in this film. It's the third member of our trio, Kevin Pollock. Oh! <laughs> uh, my dad lived in San Jose, and Kevin Pollock uh, lived yeah, in San yeah. Jose. They went to high school together, and my dad specifically mentioned Kevin Pollock was doing his impressions at that time, and like uh -huh. in the locker room would do stuff, and then they said they turned on the TV, and he was doing the exact same things on the Tonight Show for Johnny Carson one day, mm -hmm. and it yeah. just—that's what launched him from there. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, uh, it's the only like degree of I have with anyone um, in Hollywood just from a familial sort of thing on there. But yeah, uh, so when um, I saw, whenever I see him in a film, I'm always just like, "Hey, Kevin!" Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Pollock seems like a good guy. I used to watch his talk show like years ago. Um, yeah. Also, speaking of speaking of family connections to Hollywood, um, one of the one of the really small parts in this movie is played by Joshua Molina, who later goes on to star in Sports Night, um, Aaron Sorkin's show on ABC, his first TV show. He also he also gets picked up and added to The West Wing after Sports Night gets canceled, um, and then and then he's been he's he does he's done bit parts and other things as well. Um, Josh Molina is a nepo baby, but not because his parents are were actors or anything like that. It's because his uncle or cousins knew Sorkin and mentioned that mentioned him to Sorkin. Sorkin met him when when Josh moved to New York, and Sorkin was already a, a working playwright at this time. And um, he wasn't in the first cast, but he was in one of the prominent casts for um, A Few Good Men on Broadway. I believe he played. Um, I believe he played one of the one of the one of the airmen who gets, who's being charged, um, and then yeah, and then he shows up in this. He shows up in Amer uh, American President, which is the next I think big Sorkin movie, and then he shows up in, and then he's like one of the leads on Sports Night. Uh, what I find interesting is the connection. I just pulled up Joshua Molina on here for random uh -huh. facts. He is the Caltech president in The Big Bang Theory. 
and he was says that he was cast in subsequent Sorkin projects because he once performed the Heimlich maneuver on Sorkin when he began to choke on a hamburger at a bowling match with the cast of the play. Yeah. Beautiful. He's he's great. I love I love Josh Molina. He's a he's a he's a really good actor. He like he he only really can play one character, but he does it so well. Um, you know what? I'm a That's a lot of that actors' he, careers. I'm a little sad that he's not in Studio Sixty. So you're not going to get exposed to him. Um, maybe we'll, maybe I can make you watch Sports Night sometime. But but yeah. Um, so the cast is movie totally stacked. Um, also Rob Reiner movie. Let's talk about Rob Reiner a little bit. What are your thoughts on Rob Reiner? So I I did I have not gone back to watch All in the Family to catch up on his acting, but I am a huge fan of this is well I'm I am a fan of Spinal Tap. I don't want to say huge fan because I know what a huge fan of Spinal Tap is, mm-hmm. but I'm a fan of Spinal Tap. Um and the subsequent, you know, Christopher Guest um spinoffs with those characters in this world, mm-hmm. I like Princess Bride. Um. Uh, got to think now. I got to see. Think to myself. What other Rob Reiner things have I seen? I think that's it. I think I've okay. seen those two. Uh, yeah. One out in few good. Ma- oh, Misery. No, I have seen Misery. Misery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen, and I liked him when he pops up in you know little acting roles and things like that. But yeah, mainly. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I loved him on New Girl. I think he was great. And he was he was used very well on New Girl. Um, yeah, he's I uh, Zoe Deschanel's dad. Yeah, I always loved when he popped up as a character actor. Like I, 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 I as much as I haven't seen him in directing, I just really enjoyed when he just would appear, you know, yeah. acting in things. But yeah, what uh, do you do? You so have any thoughts I, on Rob Reiner? I, I do. I, I'm of two minds with Rob Reiner, which is I think he, I hate that he made the movie North. I hate that movie so much. It's so bad. That is like, there's no way I could not hate watch that movie if we, if you want to put it on the list. No, I'm I don't just gonna hate it. I I don't necessarily want to. I know of the infamous Roger Ebert. I hate, 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 hate this film review that he wrote of yes. it. Um, I, but I've never I saw seen it as it a kid on VHS, and I knew it was bad. I Ugh. hated it then. Yeah, when um, you as a kid know it's bad because kids will watch any shit. Like yeah. that's a level of clarity that you you can't avoid. Yes. Um. But also. He made When Harry Met Sally, which is the best romantic comedy of all time, arguably. And, like, a lot of that is Nora Ephron's script and the performances from uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. But the direction is excellent. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, directory stuff in that movie. There's a lot of, like, split screen and stuff um, that, I think, that I think he brought to it. And, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an incredible movie. It's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, the oh. top and the bottom at the same time. We're going to have to put that on the list because I've never seen it. Oh, we're going to watch that. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of any errant thoughts that I have running through this, um, thinking just when we're going through the breakdown. I think some of the, the moments that I think hit me the most were, the one, the fact that we see Jessup knowing that the order, or, or knowing, here hearing about Santiago and making the decision to not transfer him. So again, we know that that decision was made. That's not information that is hidden mm-hmm. from us. Yeah, dramatic but, irony, yeah. Yeah, so you, so you are knowing at the end of it what they're trying to get from him. But again, the way that they get it is not something I expected. Sure. I think we have to tackle the question that we have at the beginning of this, which is the Tom Cruise of it all. Yeah. I I was trying to figure out why I liked Tom Cruise in this much much more than Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And 
you said he kind of got big in things, but I never felt like he got that big. I really felt like this was a very grounded performance. It reminds me of of what I liked about him in Rain Man and why I, that performance, like I thought, was okay in there too. Yeah, I think at some point his energy shifted. And maybe it's Jerry Maguire. Like, maybe that's the urtext for where things started to shift. Because it's only four years later. It's not much of a difference in between here and then. Right, yeah, Um, yeah. But something about this where maybe he, maybe it's because he wasn't, like, he wasn't the the archetype of Tom Cruise as we know him. Like, this is maybe the one that broke him out from being younger, risky business, you know, top Oh, yeah, gun, no, totally, totally, yeah. This is, the, this is the one where he turned into ser- a serious actor. Yeah, no, yes. seriously. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. much. So like, and then later he did uh, The Firm, which is based on John Grish- uh, the John Grisham book. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did, he, did, he does Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I, I don't really have a better, you know, I don't have a better sort of, like, deeper, but, you know, old philosophical like, turn. It's just he here, was really good in this. Yeah, but, uh, like, here's what I will say. When I say that I like his performances, I, in the past, in the past, especially at the beginning of the Jerry Maguire episode, I felt like I felt like you were saying like that's a, that's a foreign language. What the fuck are you talking about? He could never be good, um, or, or, or 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 I felt like I felt like that was kind of how you were coming at it. I know I know that's not exactly what you were saying, but but that's the that was the emotion I was getting. And then at, by the end of the Jerry Maguire episode, I was like, I think I got a, I think I got in a little bit in terms of like getting you to see the, see the see the virtue of what he's doing, and then. And now it's just like, oh, great! This is fucking great. Yeah, no, he's a good actor. He he's a good actor when he can be a good when he wants to be a good actor. I think. Yeah, I I think it must just depend upon the script. I think yes. I th- do. You know what? That's what it is. I hated the writing of Jeremy Maguire. Everything oh, yeah, that came right. out of his mouth felt so stupid. But everything yeah. that came out of here made sense. Like the, the reason this character was an asshole and we didn't like him was clearly built into the script. And also, you know, I'm not saying yeah. that every asshole has to have a turn, but it makes sense why Tom Cruise's character does it in this, where, again, yeah. I just felt like... And and I could see why other characters motivating him is what's built for the change. My issue in the script for Jerry Maguire was he's supposed to be the, the agent of change, but everyone else keeps, like having to change him and he never seems aware of it which is yeah, but it, you know that, but that's just that's just just Campbell shit that's just that's just all stories well I mean sure but so anyway I, I, yeah I mean every I don't know I don't I don't want to get into saving the cat on this um yeah yeah, yeah. um but, but no this 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 script is very tight I think I think it gives everyone I think it gives Demi more stuff to do not maybe not as much as I would have liked also Demi Moore got a rotten deal. Her, after G.I. Jane, her career basically just dropped off a cliff. It's also around when she turned 40. It's fucking bullshit. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah she was so good in this. And also, G- movie she's very good in, Striptease. That film is bonkers, but she's great in it. I've never seen uh, that. Oh, my God. You, We should just watch it just so you can watch Demi Moore stripping a whole bunch of Eurythmic songs. Uh, her and Annie Lennox. Literally every single song she strips to is something right. sang by Annie Lennox, and it's amazing. I think I watched this on cable because I was trying to see some tits. Like, I'm pretty sure I watched this on, like, a scrambled HBO channel. Okay. I'm going to believe it. I watched it for How This Get Made because I went to the live Chicago uh, yeah. f- recording of that one. So I just watched it with uh, one of my, my – actually, I was going to say I watched it with one of my friends, but I didn't. That one I watched on my own on a sketchy YouTube up, uh, upload uh, nice. in multiple parts. Uh, yeah. But, yes, it's, I – I was picturing the play, 
like I haven't seen it, but I was picturing what parts were. You said, yeah, the act break was there, but there were even little things like um, us hearing. Um, Oh, I've forgotten his name again. Santiago reading the letters. Like I can picture, oh yes, this is where the character comes from off stage, and he's sitting in the light and we're reading the letters and then we see the acting in the background, the transition, you know, the the small scenes where it's mostly just like three or four people at any given people point. People in a room, so, yeah, yeah. Yes, because you don't want to A lot of the same locations get reused. Yeah. yeah. Until we get to the courtroom scenes, and then, yep, of course that comes out, and it's all yeah, I've got all the people in there, and yeah, we're bringing we're bringing in actors one by one, we're having them on the stand. It's great, yeah. So all of that stuff I built in, and you're, and you're right. I wonder what maybe did change from the play to the film, and if there were a few notes like is the romance yeah. played up more in the movie than the script? I don't know. Again, um, that feels like a studio note to me, very much. So. Yeah. Uh, but it also could feel like a Sorkin, you know, fantasy, right? Like it's 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 it could be sure. in, in, in somewhere in between there. Uh, I loved Kevin Bacon as the opposing uh, attorney. I felt he was incredible in all of the scenes that he did. Um, I think Keith Sutherland uh, as the the guy like who the was drill sergeant guy. Yeah. yeah, the drill sergeant that is sort of like breaking down the the co red and the, if it doesn't exist or like what Santiago was. I I, I think the the fact that during the scene with Christopher Guest, which was one of my favorite scenes, is that they're hammering him on the fact that he could have misdiagnosed and he's just like that's impossible that's not for me to do and in fact kevin bacon even comes out and says this guy's an expert he's like at a huge hospital how can he possibly be wrong but they basically are trying to put out there that there's a possibility like a good possibility that santiago had an undiagnosed heart condition that would create the kind of death without poison because 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 uh christopher guest says as commander dr stone keeps saying it was poison he was poisoned he was obviously poisoned it had to be poisoned that but there's no but there's no poison there's no poison in the toxicology report yeah and it's like well but there are poisons that you know poison people that are detected as poisons so that exists but again just to to try and like it, it again the truth they are trying to get at the truth and get in there and all of all of that layering in it. Um, yeah, and then you know yeah, the one-offs and, with, with Cuba Gideon Jr. and, and uh-huh. Noah Wiley and all of them were, you know, were good and interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it, but also that was that scene was really pivotal for for for, for showing like um, the defense team for pushing too far and yes. having to rein it in. Yes, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, what pushes them to the brink, especially when Markinson dies. Yeah, because... Um, I can't remember what scene it was, but basically when Tom Cruise has his freak out, which I'm sure you was probably the moment that you thought I would think was too big, when he's just yelling, like, you made yeah. a stupid line of questioning and a stupid decision, and, yeah, yeah. you know, because you... I can't remember everything that he just shouted, but he's just yeah. go railing at Demi Moore. Um, when, and that's when, yeah, Kevin Pollock's also like, you, you're you're not, like, you don't act like you're the hotshot lawyer here either. Like, you're the king yeah, of the yeah. plea deal. Like, who do you, like, what do you think? God, I, yeah. Kevin Pollock just was such a, ugh. I love everything. That, I just can't get, keep going back to how much it was a smart decision, and I'm assuming this is in the play too, to have, like, a comic relief character who a lot of the comedy is him just explaining stuff in layman's yep. terms. It yeah, I mean, really, I feel like that's a very, really that's a very theater thing. You've got like your serious yes. protagonist, you've got your person who knows things, and you've got your you've got your funny person. Yes, and, and all of it doing it. Yeah, I, I think maybe my last thought on it because there's a lot of errant stuff. No, no, it's my brain just keeps running over it, and honestly, it just keeps thinking, "Oh my god, it was so good. Oh, it's so good. I can't yeah. wait to like watch this again." You know, uh-huh. a little bit down the line, um, to to re I... to re kind of go through it all. It's just going back to 
how tight the script is, how much it pulls you in. And again, because every scene gives you a revelation. Even arguably the dinner scene with the two of them, it's a revelation about how they both work and operate and what they value, mm -hmm. you know, through this date scene that is, you know, ostensibly supposed to be the romantic hook to get like people who mm -hmm. want that in the storyline in. But the revelations about their character through all that was so good too. Where and maybe that's what I just need during my romance is character development. I don't know. Um, Once again, also just like in Jerry Maguire, a boss ass, a boss going on a date with a with a with someone that was a subordinate, problematic. problematic. Wait, is Tom? Who's the? Because because Demi Moore is a Demi Moore is a higher rank than uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't even that part. I just glazed over. But yeah, yeah, you are right. Interesting. I mean, I guess that was just the '90s workplace ro workplace romances were just yeah, yeah. happening. Yep. Um. Um. But yeah, no, no it is, is very tight. And something, I, something I think is really interesting. I would love to see this staged like as theater because agreed. I think like like a lot of real like good theater, the, like you only get the surprise once, right? You only get the surprise yeah. the first time. But what comes back is the writing and the and the performance. And I really yes. think it's both in this case, like in this film. Like, I think if you made this movie with people who were less talented as actors, it would be good, but it wouldn't be this good. It wouldn't be this, like, mm -mm. cultural force that I think it really became. And I think, and so I think, like, in theater where the performance is such a big part of it, that's absolutely, that's absolutely, I think, would be would be great to, to, to see. Yeah, I, I agree. This Having watched this as a movie, and, and I said it again too, I can see why this was a very, very successful play. And it's and this is one of the more successful play-to-film adaptations I've seen. Yep. This is by far one of my favorite not-a-hate-watch things we've tackled just bar none. And it's of course, because movie. it's a good, it's a good movie. movie. Yeah, it just is a good movie. But to be fair, a lot of the not a hate watch films that are on my list are quote yeah. good movies that I know are probably quote good on a technical level, but there's just some aspect about it that I don't want. And, and Alice, I'm Missy's going to out here. Missy's out here criticizing us watching quote unquote good movies. Well, no, but what I'm saying is, is that they are good, but I watch them and I'm bored or they don't hook me. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Everything is subjective and I've watched yeah. terrible shit. I love the apple. I like a few good men. This is the gamut that we're working with. You're yeah. going to hate me for saying this. But there were moments in here where I was like, I like this for the same reason that I like future not a hate watch the snowman is oh, no. the the slow burn of a reveal of a mystery, even in the fact that that one, we don't know what happens in it. But in this one, even with knowing what happens, that I enjoy Harry the slow burn process. Yeah, Harry Hole. Harry Hole versus, okay. Harry Hole versus Daniel Caffey is going to be, you know, when we get to that point. And I'm saving, yeah. I got that. I know when I'm going to deploy That's, that film. Yeah. It, it, that's I, that's, that's you Space Jam 3, right? Yeah. That's Space Jam 3. <laughs> you made the mistake of saying that you're never going to watch The Snowman very recently. And I was like, uh, 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 Alice, uh, 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 you know, you already called that one. All, all Mr. Police are bastard. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. Um, uh, I, have, I have a couple other little notes. Um, I loved that, the, that Tom Cruise's apartment, he has an NES on the TV. That was cool. Oh, um, yeah. I remember when I saw this movie, I thought Nicholson was, you know, like ancient. I thought he was very old. And I looked it up. He was about 55 when the movie came out. But watching it this time, I thought he looked much younger. I think I'm just so used to seeing older age Jack Nicholson, like like bucket list and, and past that Jack Nicholson, um, that 
I thought he looked spry in this movie for 55. I don't think I've seen all that many Jack Nicholson films. I think I've just seen him in pop culture. And, like, this is kind of where I know him. Like, the era where I'm like, oh, he's like a dad or a grandpa, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So when I saw it, this actually was, like, when I picture him, what I think. Um, Oh, I've seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course. Yeah. Um, Really, it's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Batman, and this are the highlights. I could go deeper in his filmography, but those are the ones that are just sort of popping up on his highest Shining is the other one that I feel like you might have seen. No, I've never seen The Shining. Okay. Um, too too spoopy, too spoopy for me. Put it on the list. list. I think it's on the list to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, and and again, that one's on the list for a similar reason of oh, it's a good film. But pop culture has revealed so much of it to me. I mean, shoot, and Ready Player One, they just like reenact, you know, do the yeah. movie and of itself on there. That well, I mean, that's the Simpsons more episode is basically reenacting the whole movie too. Well, and I've never seen. Oh wow, do you know that's very coincidental because I. For the first time in my life, I'm watching The Simpsons. Wow. Like like in, classic or modern? Uh, I'm starting from season one. Now, I've okay. seen the errant episode here or there, but mm-hmm. that was a TV show I was not allowed to watch growing up. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. So, yeah. so as some people made The Simpsons part of their personality, me not watching The Simpsons became part of my personality. Even yeah. though like, I watched Family Guy in college. Like, I, I It's not that I yeah. avoided, like... At a certain point, yeah. you know, well, adult but animation by the time you whatever. By the time you were in college, The Simpsons were no longer good. And, like, New that Simpsons was not good. And, like, the influence of it, I think, like, it, it had inf- it probably had influence, but it wasn't, like, the cultural force it was in the 90s. Yeah. When it was good. And, I, and, and that's probably what it was, too, was that I what, – what few samplings I'm sure I had growing up went over my head. So I just thought, oh, The Simpsons isn't very funny. You know, same way with, like, Seinfeld. You see reruns of it. And you'd be like, well, this isn't very funny. But Family Guy, I, it just was the adult comedy that hit me when I was at that age that I would yeah. watch it. But, yeah. So I am – I'm not – I. I thought about doing it for Not a Hey Watch, but then I said, can I just watch something and enjoy it and not have to, like, make it – not yeah. that this is homework, but you know what I mean? Like, make it something mm-hmm. where I'm taking notes on and reporting on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm that's uh, my current run now that I am done with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is the episode that's mm-hmm. coming out as we're recording this. Uh, yeah. My rewatch of that and the new seasons, uh, The Simpsons, where I have jumped to next. Um, I will also say season one is a little rough. I, I, it sounds like you're liking it anyway, but it's really, yeah. I think around season, season two is really where it comes together. And I think season four, I want to say is one of the best seasons and season four and eight, I feel like are the best seasons. Um, um I can also I, just I, give you a list of episodes you could check out. Cause you know, there's nothing, there's no, um, there's no continuity that you have to care about. Yeah. No, everyone has asked if I'm going to do that. I'm just going to watch it because nice. I don't, I, it, I'm also watching it like, they're 22 minute episodes. They're not that long. Yeah. So if it is something where it's not one of the classic episodes, I'm not going to know because I I know like the few or not the few, but I've, the ones that have bubbled up in pop culture, like the monorail and all of those kinds of things, where I have either seen the episode or seen clips of it and stuff. Because I mean, the reason I started watching The Simpsons was clips were popping up on my YouTube, and I realized if I'm just going to spend like time in a in an algorithm void watching like one to ten minute clips of of it, I'll just watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed the first season so far. I, I know people say it basically gets good after Homer stops being a Walter Matthau impression, uh, yes. voice-wise. Um, and I always knew that they had the, the voices were slightly, like, not settled in to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far, even knowing 
the era it's from. You know, am I ha ha guffawing? No, but uh, I can appreciate it not for just the smart writing that it is and and how it was at the time. Like I know what was on at that time and everything. Yeah, this is not. This is not. This is not another Simpsons hate watch episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's 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 go back to the Tom Cruise of it all. Um, I could talk about the Simpsons for hours, unfortunately. So maybe we'll do that in some other venue. Um, yes. But yeah. So so we've watched three movies now. I think one. I think we should call it a wash because there was no way that movie was going to be good anyway. Like I, like I, I really don't think it's representative of Tom Cruise or anyone in that movie because it's just a bad movie. <laughs> yes. Um, we watched Jerry Maguire, which you didn't like, but but we're we're saying you did, you especially didn't like the writing. Um, and then I, and then now yes. we watched a few Good Men that that totally works for you. So yes. How do you feel about Tom Cruise? Why, like, do you get why Tom Cruise? Um. From an academic standpoint, yes. In this film especially, yes. Am I, is is the separating the art from the creepy Scientologist part of it? No, not at all. Like I still have the same overall opinions that I have of him there and and I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch maybe any, I, I, I didn't wanna bring it up because I didn't wanna make it all about this aspect of it. But around the time of Jerry Maguire is also when he got deeper into Scientology. Yes. And so I wonder if there are just parts that started changing and, and maybe in how forced of the image it was and everything uh, like that. Well, uh, but I don't want to get – I didn't want to get into it. That was the thing that popped in my head. But um, I, will, uh, I, will, I will just say on the Wikipedia for, for A Few Good Men, there is a sentence that says, Cruz said that he modeled his performance on Church of Scientology chairman David Miscavige, with whom he is friends. Okay, so it started here, yeah. So th- this was where it was, was going. Uh, the outburst he was, he was, was already like, in. He was already oh, in, yeah. The outbursts make a lot more sense than <laughs> this film. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I understand it a little bit better. And you go, again, I had to think to myself of, of Rain Man, and it's like, no, I actually did like Rain Man. So I think it is maybe just something where Tom Cruise makes much more sense to me younger and we'll, I still need to get Top Gun Ugh, I don't want to have to check it off but like if I really want to answer the the, the the Tokro of it all I will have to probably put that in, in there eventually um, yeah I think you gotta get at least 180's cruise in there or maybe or Risky Business or Cocktail I've not seen any of those Yeah. Um, one of those mix of it but yeah I I I liked him in this performance but I don't I still don't think I necessarily make the one for one of how big he got but that's that i think is just something i had to be there for like that's the part that i think is always going to be slightly impenetrable for me sure but but this was a powerhouse performance you 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 feel that way i think everyone in this movie is a powerhouse performance and so this this did blow him up to another level i believe yeah this this was his if we're talking actor blank checks just in terms of opportunities this was the one that vaulted him because you're right i I didn't make the connection until you confirmed it, but this was his big boy adult role. This is this yeah. is where he became Tom Cruise, the actor, instead of Tom Cruise, the 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 hot kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is where this is where he was. People taking him seriously. Let's talk Sorkin a little bit too. Okay, so I, I put a pin earlier in this talking about Sorkin. You you were saying that like. You you were really like that is like oh these people are you know these people are really smart and good at their jobs and that's and that's like that that is the ethos of all of Aaron Sorkin's work yeah good people like morally good people who are smart and like like the best in the world 
apply themselves can can fix any problem and save the world. That is that is why like it, it's in this movie. It's 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 also in um, American President, which I think might be an interesting watch. But then in Sports Night, part of the part of the problem was that the pitch was they're going to save the world by making the best version of ESPN they can. And it's like, no, no, who cares? But then when they but when, when you take that ethos and you put it into the West Wing, where they're the, where it's the fucking president, then that that's inspirational. That makes sense. And that's why, like, every person who's in the Democratic who, who is in the Democratic Party watch that fucking watch that fucking show was convinced that they could just reason with people by by, by being smart and saying nice things and then, and our and our country's fallen apart over the last 20 years i'm i'm not saying aaron sorkin is directly responsible for the, the the downfall of american democracy but i'm not not saying it yeah that was something that i kind of absorbed in it and i think it came it came up in conversation today so i assume it had come up in the red charts episode i recorded earlier but that mm-hmm. i felt like the sorkin ethos was uh People can, things can be solved by winning an yes. argument. Yes. Well, yeah. And people will change their minds if you have the best argument. Yes. If you have yes. the right words, like the power of your words is going to convert mm-hmm. someone in totality. And that's how things are going to change. You're going to win things is with just mm-hmm. eloquence and deep thoughts and penetrating things, mm-hmm. which is what writers, you know, obviously that's their gig is working mm-hmm. with the English language yeah. and persuasion and all those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. you're right, it makes sense. And and in terms of I, I you are not the, the, the first person I've seen who's done think piece or I'm not, not that you did a think piece, but I've seen think pieces on West <laughs> Wing and and democracy and yeah. Obama, the connection yeah. to it, the types of people yeah. in his administration, all of those things, um, you know, on there. Uh, I mean I would make an argument that if if Oh, they're NBC shows, so actually NBC holistically, uh, and there's a lot of people. But I would argue that The Apprentice probably did much more to do damage oh, than yeah. Yeah, on yeah. there. But you're right, well, okay. The West Wing is definitely in the, in the mix. It's just sort of, it's weird that, me, it's just media, you know? And, mm-hmm. and obviously it's always media, right. but yeah, it just, thinking about that, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of like just shows that fucked everyone's opinion of, of yeah. people and, mm-hmm. and issues and things. I mean, I think I think that the West Wing really empowered the the center left, and that's that's why we got the Obama presidency. Yeah, I think without that show, it's it could go it could, it could swing either way. It could have been worse, but also I think like a lot of that show is like you have to make compromise in order to get ahead. Yes, you have to take small wins. We like you can convince people, and then like when one of the parties just refuses to negotiate. For a decade, yep. and there and the and the other party's like, no, we'll, we'll we'll get them. We're gonna we're gonna give a good speech, and we'll get them. Um, like that that is that is that is really the 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 brainworms that 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 show unfortunately gave. It's so it's like a really nice idealistic idea, like and, and, like and, and like ethos, but it's not realistic. It's not it's not realistic to the world. That said, that said, I will watch both the first two seasons of The West Wing start to finish, like right now. And not go to work tomorrow because I fucking love that show. It's a good show. <laughs> um, I was thinking of it too, where it's like, uh, it, it, I know that um, the the show sort of ends with the election of Jimmy Smith as the first Latino president. Oh, oh no, 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 no. The show ends with um, president daughter getting kidnapped. 
at oh, the end of season, season four. Oh, yeah, four. Yeah, that's where it ends. Yeah, anyway, season four. I don't. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Who's Jimmy Smith? For people who don't live in that bubble, this, this um, is a no Smiths podcast. The, uh, when he becomes the Latino president, when that doesn't happen, it would be they would have to have the real work. If they needed the real world sort of equivalent of it it would be you know our our black president broke their brains it would be their latino president breaks the brains of everyone in there they'd have to have seasons of no compromise and and basically it'd be the same issues that the republican party uses now immigration and and all those you'd have a birther movement yeah. written in there all that kind of stuff like yeah it would be uh-huh. it, it, that's the sort of stuff that it would just be like you can't tackle through compromise like there's no compromising with unhinged people yeah. Well, and, and also think about it this way. Um, West Wing starts in 1999. We're coming off an eight-year Democratic um, um, administration with Clinton, mm-hmm. who's very popular. And again, like very, I think, like center-left. Um, the country was not—I don't think the country was, was prepared for the hard swing right with, with George W. Bush. And I think the West Wing failed to— the wrestling felt like, oh, we need to be, we need, you know, now more than ever, we need to be doing important work here on this show, and I think that's really why it goes off the rails, especially, especially in the in the back half when Sorkin's not working on it yeah. anymore. Yeah, we've we said Sorkin's name so much, Sorkin, Sorkin, Sorkin. It's almost like Sorkin, 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 Sorkin. Choo, 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 choo. What's that? Why that's the sound of the Sorkin streak leaving the station. We've pulled up. From the Tom Cruise, and now we're blasting off on the high-speed rail that was built in this theoretical center-left compromise world. And we're going to ride the Sorkin train as if we're speeding on cocaine. In a and you, and you know where that train goes? I do know where this train goes. Straight, goes. It goes straight up Sunset Boulevard. The Sunset Strip, baby. We are... I, we. Me. I am... For the first time, going to watch every single episode of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. This is not going to be a couple episode little sprinkling where we do sampling. I, I am mainlining this. Listeners, I offered Missy a skip list. Oh, yes. She did not want no, it. No, every this was something where this this is probably not a great idea. No one... I have talked to thinks I'm gonna like this. Do you know who the one person yeah. that thinks I'm gonna like this is? You? Me. Yeah, yeah. it's me. I'm Look, really excited this about is, this. This so okay. I I think I think that coming into it objectively now, knowing this about like Aaron Sorkin's writing and also knowing the history of the show, yes, like how it was a big failure, how how um you were not you were not primed for the, the the late night sketch wars of 30 rock versus studio 60 um mm-hmm. you like like that was there was a fever pitch and, no, and that oh, is why oh, oh, oh alice i know yes. i know i'm just saying i remember because i was excited right. for studio but 60 to but, come on right right but we're not but we're not in that world anymore is what i'm saying oh i see what you're saying and, yes, and, yes, and, yes, yes. And, and i think like so okay i will i will out myself here I am the only person in, on the planet Earth who, who who genuinely likes Studio 60, not ironically, not hate watching it, not as a bit because I think it's 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 bad comedy. It is bad comedy. It's not a good. It's not a comedy show. It's a drama. It's a drama about a yes. comedy show. The examples of comedy they write into it are all bad. You can argue that maybe it's because all the SNL sketches are bad. Like people wanted cutting edge comedy from this show. They're not gonna get it. But it's a fucking Aaron Sorkin show. You're gonna get the fucking um, Gilbert and Sullivan. It's just gonna happen. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So, and, and like, and like, like coming off of the West Wing and Sports Night, two of my favorite shows, I was like, it's it's an Aaron Sharkin show. He's writing these characters the way the way he writes them. I love this. I love I love listening to his characters talk to each other and get in fights and and do things and then they and then they come up with the the, the single idea that's gonna save everything and oh I love that shit. Um, it it, it gets more cynical as, as as time goes on, especially once he starts trying to write to the moment with like the newsroom mm-hmm. and beyond. Um, but I think when he's at his best, he. He he writes really engaging writing with really interesting characters, and you and you really can get you really can buy in. And so I think if you can get over the fact that it's not funny, it's not Thirty Rock, it, it you know it's gonna get canceled after one season. There's some good, there's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I, after seeing this especially and enjoying again as much as i hated the writing writing in jerry Maguire, i loved the writing in this so i think this is priming the pump for me to jump on board and i think actually skipping sports night skipping the west wing is probably the best decision because this is going to give me something that's not it's, it's literally not overhyped there's no hype there's anti-hype this is a sub level of hype for this coming from everyone but you and so since i am joining you on this like I don't have to worry about anyone yes. else's thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not going to be coming into this where I have to defend if I like it or don't. I can just watch it for what it is. Um, yeah. Now, I... Well, okay. Here's what I'll say. If, you, if you're if you like... Okay. I want you to get to at least the Christmas episode before you give up. There's a Christmas episode. You, I think it's like nine, like eight or nine. You have to get to the Christmas episode before you give up. After the Christmas episode, I will let you tap out if you're not having it. Or if you want the skip list, I will give you the skip list then. you got to make it to the Christmas episode. This train doesn't stop until we pull into the station. Alice, I'm committed to every single minute of this series. I think I want to... I genuinely want to thank you for giving me an out. Who knows if I have to pull that emergency breaker cord? I don't know. But I am in my seat. I'm ready for it. I come on a train ride because it's not fast, because it takes time. You have to look at all the details outside your window, and you take it all in. This train has a destination, but unlike the Triangle of Tom, our summer cruise we are not going to reveal what sorkin works we're coming in next because we're gonna see how long we can ride this train we're gonna see how long missy can hold out because we have some options coming up but i want you all to be surprised i mean you should be surprised that i'm doing studio 60 on the sunset strip like holy shit I, yes. Well, okay. I will say, I will say, I think in this format, you should be surprised. People love beating up on this show. Like Nathan Rabin made a Nathan Rabin from the AV Club made a cottage industry of hating this show. Um, George Lucas talk show loves like they say they like the show, but they are ironically liking the show because because they think it's because they are comedy experts and 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 so it's definitely a hate watch for them. And and yeah, and like I I I'm really curious to see like so we're on the Sorkin train. You might be you might you might be able to say, you know, we live here now. I live on the Sorkin streak. I'm really happy. Just 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 keep thinking about that. We live here now. We live here now. We live here now. Okay, okay, okay. I'm curious how that's going to come back, but we have departed from the station. Our journey has begun. We are but a few good women here getting ready for the journey. As we always say, 
at the end of the show. If Colonel Jessup didn't get convicted, do you think Guantanamo would have closed in the last 30 years? I think he would have gotten on the National Security Council and would have ad- he would have advocated for a nuclear tactical strike. Like, there's no way that this guy wasn't going to be going full like Douglas MacArthur and getting a plan. Oh, yeah, it. no, yeah, no. Although it's, Douglas it's, MacArthur it's, it's, was asked to draw that plan. He wasn't advocating for it. But still, like, the fact that what the hell was it even doing in a position to, like, draw plans to bomb up everything? Like, Jessup would be the modern-day Henry Kissinger, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, so so no, you don't think Gitmo would get closed? Like you don't no. think that was the that was the inciting incident that, that caused Gitmo to still be open today? No, I mean the fact that he got convicted, maybe in 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 a West Wing oh, world. Oh oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. This being successful gave Aaron Sorkin the opportunity to write the West Wing, which gave all the Democrats brainworms. That's why they didn't close Gitmo during Obama's presidency. We got it. We nailed it, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. As we always say to end the show. I am going to rip the eyes out of your head and piss in your dead skull. Oh, is it Thursday already? <laughs>